Bullshit Gaming Podcast to have Gamers Session 15. It's 15, guys. So we are discussing the latest news, fun stuff, and dropping some knowledge. And, uh, you know, guys, please don't forget, this is a 4 a.m. conference discussion vibe. Let's not take that too seriously. We are discussing always the fun news. Uh, okay, so let's dive a little bit into the topics. But before we do that... Uh, you know, we are getting some heat and uh, we love it. <laughs> We're making new friends uh, of our podcast and we are seeing a nice increase of the viewership and a nice increase on the, on the listenership side as well. So we got actually corrected on some of the things that we discussed. So thank you very much, guys, for doing that because we obviously don't know everything, but we are trying to discuss everything that is happening in our lives and uh, and campaigns and everything. So, um, do we have any any comments on that, Felix? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, after releasing our episode, uh, our friends uh, App Loving actually reached out and explained to me actually a couple of things. Uh, what I said actually wasn't true in all cases. So, I actually had a warped understanding, and you know they were nice <laughs> enough to clear it up, and I actually learned something new. And you know. You've got to be humble enough to say when, you know, you didn't have the correct information. So just want to correct three small things from the how to read uh, ad monetization data, the app loving episode we had yeah, last episode. So yeah, number, yeah, number 14. There's three things I want to clear up. So on the 37 minute mark, uh, basically I said that all auctions have to be done within 300 milliseconds or they get kicked out of the auctions. That's actually not true. And it wasn't true. So as long as there's lines left, attempt like attempts will be made in a waterfall. And basically, even if there's no fill, they'll continue to request every single line in the waterfall. So that kind of just echoes a bit more why it's so important not to have too many placements. Because if you have a placement in the waterfall, they will get called no matter what. So if you have 120 calls you will go, th the, the bidder will go, or like the algorithm will go through each and every one of them, but it might take, you know, 20 minutes for an ad to load. So that's why you can't have too many of them. Second thing is, at the 43 placement uh, mark is when you start seeing latency. So I said that around minute 38. Uh, so what I said was app loving max usually skips a torso. So that relates to the last point I made. App loving won't skip any lines in the waterfall, but basically it will pretty much run through until the end of the waterfall is reached. So there's no limit on going through the whole waterfall. So what can happen is like you just won't have an ad load, but it will, yeah, their system will never actually skip any parts of the waterfall, but you might actually not have an ad load. So at the 39, 9 minutes, 15 second mark, I also said that if you have less than 0 0.03 fill in any of the top 10 placements, it screws up the bidder somehow. Uh, AppLoving says that this is not true. And they do recommend that if you have high fill or high placement calls, that you do isolate it to a specific geo to avoid latency. So those are the three things I learned from that episode. And yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Now I know yeah. where, know they're, where they are coming from uh, with the pronunciation of uploving because you are saying it very closely to uploving. Yeah, I got, yeah, but uploving. you know, you know, like English is not my first language. Uploving, McLovin, in you know, like it's just yeah. <laughs> McLovin as well, yeah. Okay, but but I actually did get perfect. some heat from that as well. So you know, uh, yeah, uploving. Yeah. That's how you say it. Not loving. So, there's yeah. no n there. E ing. There's no ing. Yeah. Sorry for that. Uh, so uh, what we are going to discuss today 
Aplavin acquires Wardle. Just continue with the <laughs> commenting on our friends from Aplavin, obviously. Then we have mobile game revenue decreased for its first time in Q1 2022. Then we have uh, M&A um, report. Dis- discussion <laughs> and like report from Anton uh, from Invest Game. And then... Then the most interesting part everybody is looking forward to the basics of UA. I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> talk about the KPIs we should uh, be looking at. The first stage where the game is still an idea. Then the second stage where you have playable uh, scaling the game and some uh, some trends for 2022. And uh, then uh, we have some UA myths at the end, uh, which I think Jakub is very keen on asking. <laughs> <laughs> Those pop up all the time, so let's see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in my uh, in my uh, regular life as well, and um, honestly, hope I really hope I will be able to record the whole podcast because uh, I'm not sure like what's happening here in the US, but a internet is really shitty. So uh, nothing new. <laughs> if I, <laughs> yeah, nothing new. And uh, there's always some noise uh, in the background. I feel like I'm in the in the airplane, actually. Uh, so sorry for that. And my MacBook is obviously really getting really old. So um, yesterday when we were, <laughs> well, guys were recording. I was supposed to record the Slovak podcast as well, but then I just appeared for 30 seconds and then I disappeared because my MacBook died. Man, man, <laughs> like you're in the state that brought us the MacBook. Just buy the M1 and I know, like enough's I, enough. I know. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. My wife told me already like, you are already like, you told me this like two years ago. You're bitching about the MacBook, but you still didn't buy one. Like, are you broke or something? <laughs> you cheap fuck. <laughs> So yeah, I guess I, guess I had to. I, I just have to buy a new one. Yeah, but step by step. Yeah, cool. let's, yeah, let's dive into the news. So let me start off with this because honestly, I think this is my yeah. favorite story of the last like eighteen months at least because this is a true mobile Cinderella story that very happens very rarely. So we reported on, I believe it was episode three, that when New York Times took over Wordle. Uh, there was a random app on the App Store that was run by under a developer name that was a first name and a last name, Stephen Carvada. Uh, essentially, saw a huge spike in installs. We worked out on that episode that we estimated that this app, Wordle app, was making roughly around eighteen thousand dollars a day in ad revenues because of this spike. I, being super nosy and, you know, couldn't leave it alone, added Stephen Carvada on LinkedIn and said, congrats. He gave me a thumbs up and said, thanks, buddy. So, you know, I actually have a little, little tiny part of the story. Not a major one, I do admit, <laughs> but a tiny one. So the news is that Stephen Carvada's Wordle app has been bought uh, by App Loving's Apple Studios. So he has taken the money and run... And this is probably one of the beautiful stories, because if you think about it, if you're making around $18,000 a day in ad revenue, which we pretty sure is true based on their DAU and how many impressions you get served. Yeah, be careful. Be careful, man. <laughs> no, okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. I, have, I have no inside information yeah. on this. This is just me counting it yeah, on yeah, episode yeah, okay. three. But anyway, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So... Using that as a basis, so uh, 18,000 a day times 365, that's around, what, six and a half million. So even if he caught maybe a one, one and a half, or maybe even a 2x, that's a very, a very healthy exit. 
And it's like, you know, the stuff of Mobile Legends that I think you heard a lot, like 2013, 14, 15. But then these kind of, yeah, unicorn Cinderella stories just stopped happening when the market started consolidating. And, yeah, I just think it's a beautiful story. And, you know, Stephen, being my connection on LinkedIn, congratulations. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> Congrats. Yeah, you you, nice, you yeah. don't see much of these, nice. these days that, like, a single guy makes this, this amount of an exit. Well, like, the beautiful thing about the story is, like, from what I could well, see... Just wait for my exit from my company. <laughs> But the thing is, like he, like he, I think he had like a nine to five job, like somewhere for like four years, and just had the app up. So yeah. it's just like a nice bonus that happened to him. So mm. yeah, kudos. <laughs> yeah, pretty nice bonus indeed. Yeah. Well, Let's continue. Congrats again. Yeah, congrats. Yeah. Enough, enough uh, unicorns and Cinderellas. Let's get down to uh, brass tacks and talk about <laughs> something a bit more dark. Yeah. Yeah. Other yeah. Current this week's crash in crypto. Uh, oh well, the, the, no, 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 no. Let's Man. not. Yeah, let's not talk about no. it. I, I accidentally opened my Coinbase app and just cried. <laughs> I turn off notifications. I don't want anything to do with yeah. it. Solana, you're killing yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the thing is, like, I I should get my wallet out and just start uh, buying this you shit. should buy a new uh, computer. Again. That's what you should buy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I wanted to buy it with Bitcoin, but now I can't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. But yeah, let's get to the actual oh, yeah. news. So there's a sensor tower report saying that mobile game revenue decreased for the first time ever in Q1 2022. Uh, that means that the player spending decreased by 6% year over year uh, from $22.6 billion to 21.2 billion compared to the first quarter of 2020 however this is still up by almost 20 percent so i'm guessing this is pretty much the covid bump showing itself in the data whereas the market is still kind of healthier after that 2020 where if i get that right covid really in the world started in what was it like march or something like that 2020 if i get it right so because it, that's Chinese New Year when it started. This was like February 2020. So I was somewhere there. So that could be like a good period to compare to. And regarding the games that are there as the staples in the charts, Honor of Kings and PUBG Mobile, of course, are dominating the top with Genshin Impact uh, in the third place. And then for the first time since the pandemic began, Pokemon Go has fallen out of the top 10 and only one new game got into a top position this quarter, and that was, unsurprisingly, Lineage V or W. w. Yeah, which in, like, I, I looked through it, it looks like Diablo Immortal. It's pretty much a Lineage action RPG. And yeah. Lineage is pretty much like a safe bet. It's like a religion in South Korea, whatever you do with it. It, it makes a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, not as high in the revenue, the most downloaded game of the quarter was Garena Free Fire. Ooh, nice. So, okay. I mean, it sounds a bit like a clickbaity like news title, right? Because, I mean, you studied psychology, right, Remo? <laughs> yeah. So, what's the first thing that you do when you have a set of numbers and you have one number that's really big and out of whack? You eliminate the outlier, right? Before you, you make mean your like anchoring the context. <laughs> exactly. Like <laughs> yeah. you had the biggest spike, and you're comparing that to like last year when everyone was in lockdown. 
Yeah, it was it was something like we talked about the Torovio report last time, where they're you know reporting yeah. increase, uh, but if it put it on the whole line of like five years from the IPO, it's actually flatlined. So this seems to be like the same tactic here. But yeah, overall, uh, it's, it's but like easy a... the same tactic because this is this is COVID um, influence. But then the the Rovio piece or the the numbers, actually, yeah, it was the M and A uh, of uh, Ruby games, and I mean, it's still like part of their portfolio, so it's not the same. You can't compare. No, 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 that, that was downloads. We're COVID. talking revenue. Okay, Re- revenue okay. was a different story. <laughs> Even Ruby games can help you there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay, fair enough. Yeah, but I would say it's still kind of healthy uh, because I guess everybody understands that the growth was not healthy or sustainable long term. It was just like the boost from COVID. Yeah. And yeah, it says here that it's still kind of more than it was before, before COVID hit. So I guess the trend is continuing to have a growth direction, but it's not just that, you know, as big as before COVID. So we'll see. Well, really looking forward to 2022 uh, and then the, the year after. And to see like how it actually grows. Yeah, this is. I would say this is the year of consolidation. Not only in a way that like. Ooh, I heard stuff. that million of times already. <laughs> oh, this is the year of consolidation. But look at the stock Fuck. market of gaming companies, and you will understand why it looks like that. Okay, okay, okay. I know. I know. It's it's looking really interesting. <laughs> Let's say that way. Yeah, interesting is the the right word here. Uh, but then. I think we can move on to the to the M and A part, uh, and uh, and Anton from uh, Invest came uh, the report that he is doing on uh, like quarterly basis. So now uh, the report says that um, the M and A activity is kind of declining, even though we see quite uh, a whole lot of activities on the blockchain side of things. But uh, we need to mention that like we could see a boost of the, you know, Microsoft uh, M&A and then, uh, and that was in, in 2021. So we, we saw the Microsoft uh, acquisition of Zenimax, then uh, the Embracer acquisition of Asmodee, but then uh, regardless of everything we see now, it's a downward trend in 2022. Yeah. So uh, that's also because the, the two acquisitions, the big ones that we heard this year are still not counting in yeah. because they didn't happen yet. And, yeah, they didn't happen and, yet. Yeah, there was, they potentially even, yeah. could not happen also. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's your bet. I know, I know. That's your not my bet. That's just what the market is saying. If you look at the stock <laughs> price. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Then we have uh, we have there's some more numbers, and um, so it says that uh, private investment escalated considerably between Q1 2021 and Q1 2022 in number of deals from 146 to 174 and the deal value from 2.3 billion to 3.2 billion. So uh, interesting numbers. And then blockchain related gaming M&A attracted around 50% of these uh, investments these numbers and investments. <laughs> and that's not gonna slow down, I think. Yeah, that's, or the, maybe, that's the usual maybe. culprits there. 450 million yeah. seed round for Ugalabs, our favorite apes. Uh, then four billion at four billion valuation. There's Animoca with three hundred and fifty nine million at five billion valuation, and then there's Immutable Series C, which, if I get it right, is a gaming protocol uh, at two hundred million value at two point seventy two billion. 
So yeah, and uh, in 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 well, not normal, but in free to play space, we saw the two fifty five million Series C for Dream Games at the Royal Match five billion Royal Match, yeah, and then that game company raising one sixty million from Sequoia and TPG. Oh, okay, so uh, so what to what to do with this? What should be yeah, it's interesting. What should we see as a trend? This this piece of news is interesting because it even said that that fifty percent of the private investment was going into blockchain, yeah. which yeah, 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 which, exactly. which on the other end means that uh, it even says in the article, gaming investment activity into pure gaming companies has declined from ninety six <laughs> deals to just fifty two deals from like 2.7 billion to just 1 billion. And I'm hearing this more and more that pretty much investors are nowadays not that interested into your, you know, next Clash of Clans or next Clash Royale. They would rather want to have Clash of Clans on blockchain. Next Clash Royale, you mean the new Warcraft game? Oh, yeah. (laughs) There's actually a really, really interesting game called Heroes of Mavia that I saw, which is actually Clash of Clans on blockchain. They already raised like 8 point something million. Of course, of course they yeah. So so they, there's like a lot of these currently and you know whatever you do if you if you put it on blockchain it's much more attractive to be an investment target these days. Yes, but the thing is you don't mm, get the investment so easily anymore and if you don't have the game first I think it's going to be really hard to get yeah, that, some, that's the thing to that in, until to the, until this point I think everybody was gaining the investment without anything no prototype yeah, based on no the nothing. powerpoint presentation yeah powerpoint yeah. presentation we're going to be better than axie maybe do some some better <laughs> job with the economy hopefully and then here's the money yeah, go I think after this week it will be much harder oh yeah yeah of course <laughs> I mean Everything like uh, announced after this week of the correction on the on the crypto market, it's gonna be oof, yeah. really really hard. But you know, like this is something that happens always. Yeah, it is healthy every to year. Happen. There is a correction. It's it's healthy it, to happen to get the fraud yeah. out of the market because you know it, yeah. you know these these decisions pretty much breed malinvestment in the end. So now uh, do you have much but healthier I'm, players in the market? I really don't get like how everybody's surprised when it when it happens. I mean, this is like. It happens every year around this time, or maybe in summer. Like just like every everything just crashes, and I'm like, oh well, crypto is dead. Everything blockchain is dead. Like seriously, come on, guys, where were you? I think there's an investment term: <laughs> sell in May and uh, then be away. Like you know, <laughs> yeah, go on holiday. <laughs> sell in May. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I sell know in that May. One. Yeah, but like I remember also like my early days in finance. I remember asking like the director who was like six levels above me when I was like not nosed, little nothing. I asked him like, oh, what do you think of this crash? And it's like. Eh, it's sunny. It's cloudy, and it's like you yeah. don't care. It's just part of the normal cycle. Like that's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Well, I until until the... you work in Lemon Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, like the selling but come on, like this this May. So it's quite interesting now. Next, like next so they're deploying so much capital for like blockchain gaming, and we all know like these mammoth companies that come around that actually do something yeah. great. That takes about 10 years to do and for people to start admitting like, mm. wow, this is something new and different. So in like four or five years, that's when we'll see like the best of these actually coming out with cool stuff that actually go like, oh, there's something here. Oh. So it's just... Uh, I think in four or five years, we already need to see what's coming out of that uh, Mark Zuckerberg's meta promise. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Everything's going to be saved by metaverse. Banging on the in, block- in blockchain world. <laughs> In blockchain world, it not it's not gonna be four to five years. It's gonna be four to five months because Any it changes so rapidly. <laughs> Anymore, yeah. 
I'm just yeah, I'm just praying that. there's ads in the metaverse because you know otherwise it's <laughs> not going to oh, be man, a big need for ad monetization. Uh, oh people. man, I, I'm telling you there will be ads. Like I, I read upon this when I was doing my thesis uh, at at the psychology thing that we talk about, mm. and ads ads are going to be like something completely different in the metaverse oh. if it happens like it was described there. Like it, the, it will happen and. That's going to be Sorry, like yeah, personalized NPCs that will be custom tailored to your hobbies, to your you know preferences. Like a person will approach you and start telling you about the best thing that he bought, and it will it will like it will be like a person. It so, won't be so. Mache will come up and like tell me to buy a Kit Kat. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And they will, like, you know, the eye tracking and everything on top of that. Like you can pretty much mirror mirror people and like increase the likeness look, and like look at look at him, look at him. How like, is if, like if someone wants the, to dig into this, go there and dig into I the virtual human it. interaction on Stanford yeah. Lab. They already have studies on this twenty years ago. Like I'm I telling you, I love it. There's nothing more beautiful than ads. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take that and game like, designer remote. <laughs> Look at look at the Akuma. He's really always a skeptic, and now he's like, "Oh well, you know, we will go on." I'm not a skeptic. I'm just describing what will happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's really great because you have these uh, glasses on, and the, the light is coming out like behind you. By the way, per- that that perfect. was the lab. That was the lab <laughs> that pretty much convinced Mark Zuckerberg to to buy Oculus by the time. Yeah. But uh, what you are describing, Jakub, I already saw uh, some deck actually from one company that is building this uh, NPC-related uh, ads, um, and it's not only like NPC, but also like T-shirts of the of the characters, uh, signs on the roads, and like billboards within the game and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, people are already thinking about it and making it happen, um, but it's still like far from being uh, well. Any moment. Built. <laughs> oh, it's like, we'll see. Should, um, should, uh, should we move on to our new success segment, uh, UA yeah, for go. Beginners? <laughs> well, luckily, I, I won't name any UA channel. <laughs> it can come after me. Although maybe I will. Uh, you don't know uh, what's going to happen. Uh, usually, I, I get banned on, on Facebook or any other <laughs> UA channel. So... Yeah, it's that's uh, all me. So yeah, okay. So let's uh, let's discuss the the basics of the UA. And uh, well, where I always get a question like, when do you think UA should uh, should start collaborating with the game team, and um, and what's the best time basically? And I always say, look, as as early as possible is uh, is really great because then uh, we can do a lot of things uh, before even the the game is in production and um and when the game is an, still an idea like how does the ua help and what are the metrics or kpis we can uh, we can even look at so so ua can can help you just before uh trying to brainstorm the idea for the game with market research like a definition of the of the target audience because well uh, you know it's really important to know what uh, what is your target audience and what who you are building the game for um, with the keyword research as well, uh, that's really important to just grasp the the potential keyword uh, discoverability and um, and impressions, and then like market marketability tests with the focus on the on the CTRs, and and then even the connection the marketability test with um, the service because that's uh, that's kind of like uh, 
interesting thing that, uh, that you can do even before uh, starting to build the game. So why I'm saying focusing on the CTR, <clears throat> it's mainly because uh, these days we have all these tools like uh, Splitmetrics, Geek Lab, and uh, kudos to Jesse, I, uh, I, I love you for, for uh, doing such a good job on the, on the tool side for Geek Lab. And a lot of people just use GeekLab for doing these marketability tests, but it's really, really, really confusing sometimes. And we already discussed that in the, in the session number 10 with, uh, with the marketability tests, so I won't go there. But just looking at the CTRs at this point is, is important because the, the CPIs are not like uh, the real CPIs you can get. So uh, just, be, just be careful. In terms of the... Like moving forward from the stage where you have only the idea to to actually the stage where you have a playable game. So what is the setup that you can do for a soft launch? Or what are the KPIs you are looking at and uh, and testing when you have the actual build? So I, I always start from the technical point of view when you have the technical soft launch, because uh, even after certain time in the development, you can be sure that not nothing is going to work as intended <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> even if you implemented all, all the sdks and mobile measurement partners firebase and everything it's just most probably not going to work 100 so the technical stage is exactly for that so you're looking at the crash rates comparing the the number of installs between the different uh, ua channels uh, mmps and uh, you're trying to compare that to the to the itunes and google store as well because <clears throat> this is really important to to look at before you start spending actually real money and also uh, if you can uh, hear that my uh, my daughter agrees uh, of course. Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> of course, she agrees. Uh, she's uh, really uh, a UA expert by now, being on well, being on, on the podcast with us. <laughs> You're doing the the basic ASO setup, keyword research, uh, description writing, and then uh, brainstorming the the name of the game as well, and um, and then moving to the retention stage, basically, where you just look at the day one, day three, day seven uh, retention numbers and, uh, and the ratio between the day one and day three and day seven. That's also really important because even though you have like 50% of, uh, of day one retention and then you have 20% day three, <laughs> that's, that's kind of not healthy that much. And you see like a lot of players uh, churn right after day one or day two and uh, you need to, well, uh, do something with that. But then... Looking at uh, the FTUE onboarding flow, but also the, the actual UA metrics like uh, CPI, IPM, which is uh, instance per mile, the CTRs and the, and the conversion rates on the on the creative level, because in uh, in this stage you can have multiple creatives uh, trying to decrease the CPIs and get enough uh, enough data points on the um, on the campaign level for measuring retention. But then, if you are also testing creatives, it can be somehow misleading because uh, different creatives have also different retention profiles. So if you're using fake ads, you can have really low CPIs, but you can also have very low retention rates. And this is something that you do definitely don't want when you are in the retention stage, basically. <laughs> yeah, but uh, what else we have? Yeah, wait, wait, Felix? Wait. So you spoke yeah. here very eloquently, by the way. Um, the first stage and the second stage, like, so the first stage, like idea concept. And then when you have a playable game, say you're on a shoestring budget, 
like how much money would you say like minimum you can spend here to actually get something valuable? Yeah. Uh, in marketability tests, uh, you can get results or some directions uh, within a couple of hundreds uh, dollars for the for the test. So let's say like 500, measure, 600, like 500, yeah, yeah 500 to 1000. You can uh, you can definitely get something uh, statistically significant because you are using um, different optimizations uh, rather than just mobile app installs. So it's cheaper. Then in the tech technical stage, you can have data for like 100 bucks. It's just very very small Low budget to no. yeah just just to get like a couple of hundreds of installs uh, in the let's say philippines and then uh, that's it but then it gets a little bit uh, more expensive in the retention and, and monetization stage so in retention it's usually like anything from 5k to 10k a month uh, ideally even more but um, it's just like 200 daily installs and that's uh that's pretty that's pretty healthy for making any decisions and then than anything uh, from 10k to 20k in the monetization stage because well you need payers uh, mm. and that the level of budget depends on the well percentage of uh, like players to payers uh, conversion yeah but this can be also much more depending on the game genre let's say if you have a pvp game with matchmaking you need to actually have a healthy matchmaking which requires a big ccu or at least some kind of a like larger ccu which means you need the inflow of players all the time so that can get much different between different type of genres, I guess. Yeah, that's that's very true. But also in, in this case with PvP, you always mix uh, the different optimizations methods. So for the CCU or like the matchmaking to be able to happen, you just load, uh, front load the, the traffic sources with a mobile app install optimization and the player getting players for cheaper uh, into the game and then uh, measure on the side the... Uh, the retention metrics with uh, up event optimized campaigns with in engagement events. So anything from uh, tutorial completion level achieved and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, you're measuring actually on the quality traffic and not only the, the mobile app install traffic that these days, unfortunately, is pretty shitty. Just, mm. <laughs> just to, just to, yeah, you know, say that uh, right away uh, on Google. A mobile app install optimization is that's like really bad traffic is always below every benchmark you, you can get on facebook is slightly better uh, on unity is uh, well it's okay it's decent but it's still not uh, what you want to you want to get so that's why i always use uh, like multiple sources in the in the soft launch just to benchmark everything because uh, if you have uh, let's say facebook only and then uh, you make decisions based on this um, this one channel you can you can get screwed because you, you will kill the game based on one uh, one channel and then uh, then <laughs> then what then what it's just uh, you know really not ideal scenario because what I, I found out this um, in one game that I managed before it's just we were running Facebook and it was wasn't looking that well and um, then it was either kill the game or just try another channel and we tried Google and and Unity. Google was really shitty because uh, of uh, what I mentioned, but then Unity started looking really good. So, so we kept on going with the game uh, based on the the multiple channels that we had, and then uh, benchmarked it, and then uh, Global launched even afterwards, and it was pretty pretty nice success. So it is true, UA can save your game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's your UA well, myth. <laughs> 
that's very good. Myth. It's not like depends on like what what do you mean by save your game? Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, we'll get there. So, <laughs> Mache is now taking requests we'll for new clients. He's he just... can fix any game. Yeah, <laughs> you wait. Fix. I can. Yeah, I can fix any game out there. Yeah, well, not it's not how it works, but uh, we'll get there. Uh, so I will just come back to the monetization, which I think uh, is really important in terms of the early monetization for the game, and you are anyway trying to measure the CPA versus LTV or trying to look at the day one, three or seven ROAS and uh, while testing the purchase campaigns because um, that's where the money comes from. And even if you are in the monetization stage and you are trying to optimize the campaigns for something else, you won't get any ROI from, from those campaigns, unfortunately. There are a lot of discussions about uh, you should use the proxy events uh, for purchases. Yeah, you can use that. On paper, it looks pretty amazing. In reality, it doesn't work because you're, you're going to get different type of players. So for example, you have uh, you, you talk to your data team and you see, so if players actually achieve level 25, they are more likely to, per, to make a purchase. So you go back, you set that level 25 as an optimization goal because you think this is going to bring you a lot more money because it's going to be cheaper because no no one else is actually optimizing for these type of events what you can you will get is cheaper traffic but also very not shitty traffic but very different type of players they won't eventually pay they will be just the type of players that achieve the level 25 and that that's uh, where it ends unfortunately this is how it, how all the algorithms kind of work mm. So you need to be very careful, but it's a very good exercise to, to actually try and test it out because even this is my own experience, it just won't work, but I definitely encourage you to test it and see for yourself. So, um, you just don't blame me for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's my experience. Unfortunately, data won't lie. Mm. So, uh, yeah. So what else? Like how, how do you think about scaling the game and what is the profitable UA and how does that even work? So as I mentioned in the monetization stage, you, it basically comes down to the CPI versus the LTV equation. I mean, scaling a game is possible up until the LTV allows you to do so. The L LTV always dictates the level of spend. So fortunately. There's no other way how to go about it. You can do some creative tricks and uh, decrease the CPIs to certain level. You can work very closely with the product team to make everything happen, but it's not, you know, it's not enough. Yeah. Creative Felix. tricks. What are like top three creative tricks? Is that like, you know, IP, fake ads? Yeah, fake ads. <laughs> like, is that like, or is there anything ads. else here? Fake ads innovation, uh, like we discussed with uh, with Raid Shadow Legends, uh, doing the, the slightly different creative angles. Then, for, for what I see at the moment, is hyper casual concepts uh, turned into your uh, your game. So you're taking your assets and then just try to mimic the, the hyper casual games that are in the in the top charts at the moment. And it's something that kind of works well, uh, at least for me. So that's not the evolution of fake ads. <laughs> Another evolution of fake ads, but uh, you know, at least you are uh, closer to the to your game. No, yeah, bottom good, line, good, good a bit, a yeah. bottom line is yeah, UA cannot increase your LTV, which needs to be increased by your production team. Period. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's it. I mean, you can you can use multiple channels uh, that have very different um, quality of the players and different LTVs as well. But again, it's very much capped by the LTV anyway. Yep. So that's uh, yeah, that's that's very true. Uh, what else? Yeah, I know when um, when we usually start with uh, with the new game and we global launch uh, the game, like everything looks super amazing because of the golden cohorts golden cohort mean like the first players that uh actually come into the your pristine game. traffic very, <laughs> yeah very active and uh, and they pay quite a lot and then uh, suddenly after two three or four months you you see like oh well everything is decreasing what the hell <laughs> so you is, is doing a shitty job but well not really but <laughs> everything changing Everything is changing. So, uh, so from what I see, sometimes like uh, you are seeing very good numbers in terms of the ROI from the beginning, but then uh, you're kind of moving the the ROI target from like day thirty to day sixty to day ninety. But we need to be very careful about uh, like doing that. So, if you don't have the long term retention, uh, you can move the ROI payback period to whatever you want. But if they if you don't have players after day 60, then uh, you will never see that. Why would you kind back. of consider the team, or let's say for the team to collect this data? Because you global launch and then to get like day 60 retention, it takes two months. So how aggressively do you spend that in a way? Like, as you said, like if you don't have long-term retention, but you don't know it in a way. Well, you have the soft launch data. Okay, you have the soft launch data, but you know, soft launch is soft launch. You did your improvements. There's a bigger traffic. It works differently now, blah, blah, yada, yada. Yeah, of course. But uh, that's why you so you are in soft launch for more than three to six months because then you can get actually. Oh, yeah. Well, Catherine agree, agrees. Uh, then you can actually get uh, get data for uh, for more than like one or two months, mm. and then try to assume or extrapolate from uh, what you saw in the in the soft launch because what you will get after global launch is going to be better. But then it's going to come down to the levels of soft launch, the late soft launch, because you're in the soft launch for six months, you're just, you know, in this like very limited uh, amount of countries. So you, that's kind of like very close to the truth that what you will see after a certain period of time after the global launch, let's say maybe one month or two months. Mm. So yeah, it's, you always need to work with data from the soft launch afterwards because well, exactly like you don't know, <laughs> you don't know for sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. Afterwards. Because and it's it's going to be very different for for uh, on a different level of scale as well. Of course, like if you have 100 daily users, you you will see 50% day one retention. But then if you increase that to 300 or 500, the yeah the the retention will be slightly lower because uh, it's not going to jump that much from uh, one uh, one number to another. Yeah, yeah, like assuming that you know you keep a steady flow of content and features yeah. going into the game, kind of trying to improve it. Not really pivoted, but you know, doing the live ops yeah, thing yeah, and yeah, making yeah. it better, so it's gonna like even monetize differently. Hopefully, with higher LTV. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, of course. Can you make it a bit more modern? Like, do you see any trends right now, or anything like that, or like, how's it? Yeah, uh, you already laughed uh, laughed at me about like UA diversification of channels. <laughs> Which is kind of like a big trend that I'm I'm talking about since the the beginning of the year because uh, it's not only about uh, one big channel or two big channels that you're spending heavily. It's now smaller budgets on the multiple channels, which uh, is obviously more work, 
but it's paying off because uh, it's not an easy job and it's really challenging from time to time. So you need to be on top of everything and, and uh, try to uh, move the budgets from one channel to another channel that actually makes sense because um, it's changing really yeah, on, on a weekly basis. And even uh, what we discussed, I think, uh, a couple of uh, sessions ago about uh, the different optimization methods. So if we are running a purchase campaign, it can uh, have longer um, payback periods. But on, when we are li um, live on the other last campaigns, you can see the money back really quickly in day seven, maybe in day 14 even. So you need to keep the, keep an eye on the on the campaign level. Is that right? Yeah. Question. Mr. Felix. So yeah, ad ROAS campaigns, like it's very interesting for me to hear because like it directly impacts a lot what I do, like especially if mm -hmm. you're scaling with ad ROAS campaigns. It's something I can see straight away in a game I'm managing for yeah. Admon. Like who would you say right now does the best ad ROAS campaigns? Like I know it's not a lot of Google. partners that do it. Google, Google right away. And, uh, and even Rudy asked me this question on the on the side uh, when I was in, in Istanbul. Like, oh, wow, can you say a little bit more about that? Yeah, of course, the Adras campaigns are really great. You just need to implement one uh, one event and then just collect the value uh, from the, the mediation and, and send it through Firebase to, to Google. And it's paying off, really. It's really, really powerful type of campaign. For the heavy... Well, you need to have like at least 50-50 split between ads versus in-apps, and then uh, you can make it work. So not uh, like in a heavy usual 70-30 IP game. Uh, it, it can work, but it's not going to work on the same scale as uh, oh, of course. if you had yeah. more. Yeah. So, so you, when, it can be a part of the UA mix. When you say it really works, like what kind of scale are you talking about? Like how much per day are you spending then if you go like, oh, this really works? Is it like 10K a day? 100k a day like what's yeah, the context here no well, 100k a day you wish or i wish um it's yeah anything from 1k a day to 10k a day and um i worked with uh, one game where we spent like 5k a day on this type of campaign and it was uh, getting back in like seven days there are also like different uh nuances in there but you know we can we can keep that uh for later sessions <laughs> to keep to keep you interested our dear list listeners <laughs> <laughs> okay shall we go to the yeah, UA mid yes yeah yeah oh, let's yeah. go yeah let's go yeah so let's, let's return to the first one UA can save your game that's usually <laughs> yeah it yeah it can save our game yeah <laughs> why <laughs> <laughs> it's all bit, yeah it's it's uh it's what we discussed with uh with the ltv so um ua can uh, acquire a good quality users but uh to only to the level of your game LTV. It's just uh, you need to increase the game LTV. It won't, you won't increase it by just uh, acquiring different type of users. It just it doesn't work like that. Mm. You can decrease the CPI on uh, on the on your traffic, but sometimes with the with lowering the CPIs, you can even lo lower the um, <laughs> LTV the, the quality of the traffic as well and yeah. the LTV. So yeah. it's a uh, seen this. <laughs> it, it's yeah, it's uh, it's very very difficult to to always uh, talk to these people like yeah, well, you are the UA expert, so uh, you can make it work. Uh, well, I can make it work to the extent of uh, the game KPIs and metrics. If the game KPIs are not good enough, then we won't be able to scale that. Or I mean, in translation, we won't I can, be able to. I can work it to the degree of the LTV scale, and after that, I'm kind of yeah. back where I was. 
Yeah, exactly. So we can we can like um, experiment with different uh, campaign setup, geo setup, optimization setup, different UA channels, but then and creatives, of course. So we have all these uh, different things that we can optimize and uh, and experiment with, but it's not gonna work the same way as. Um, as with different games. So, because I'm getting this, this question, like, well, I have the very similar game than, uh, let's say merch mansion. How, how is it possible that I can scale it uh, to the same level? Well, first of all, uh, look at the KPIs. Is, is your retention the same as theirs? Is the level of content the same as, as theirs, the live ops and everything. So is it, but even mm, if it would well, be, most probably no. you're still not first to the market. Exactly. That's what I wanted to say the next, like, they're first to the market and your game is like 10,000th uh, merge game out there already. So you need to take that into consideration as well. So if you, if you create a new genre, then your CPIs are going to be super low. So you don't need that high LTV, but now you need the high LTV and you need the way better KPIs to be able to get certain, like certain amount of, uh, of spent. Mm. That's it. Um, yeah. That's that's just how it is. Yeah, let's go to the next one. UA is the problem why your game is not performing good. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing as, as we discussed li- right, right away, like right now. It's uh, but it's we need to say like there is a lot of UA agencies and uh, and consultants that are really shit. So it they can, you know, do a very bad it's job. It's gonna sound wrong, but and, like what what makes them shit? Is it like experience or lack of depth of knowledge of how the system, the UA like systems are constructed? No, they or? just don't care. You just, you know, like uh, you have budget here, spend it. And if, if you spend it against uh, the KPIs and you don't, you don't, don't see the return immediately, then uh, they don't do anything. They just spend the budget and that's it because they, uh, the budget is budget spend is that what they care about because they're getting budget like fee from the budget spent. Yep. So the incentive is so different. Exactly. What, 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 would you, than... what would you say would be like some kind of obvious sign for a non-UA person to kind of get a quick hang on that, yeah, UA is not really running as it should? That's a great question. Do... Yeah. Well, depend, <laughs> define like what means like runs as it should. So if you if you have the the the, the weekly meetings or catch-ups or you're looking at the data and uh, and it's not making uh, well sense in terms of the ROI then mm-hmm. uh, you ask questions like why is why we are not making money and uh, there are always different explanations so either it's just the new channel you are trying to get from one optimization to another optimization that's like, for example, Unity, you need to run MAI campaign to get to the ROAS channel, ROAS optimization. And that campaign will never, never, never get any, any money back. So that's like a normal Let, let me you, try complete noob question. So let's say okay. I have a suspicion that you're feeding players that are not interested in the genre that I'm running into my game. So like pumping match three people into RPG. How should I know that? Well, uh, you can ask about what kind of targeting the the UA person is running at the moment. But the thing is, with uh, the level of automation these days and uh, and the AAA campaigns uh, on Facebook and the same thing on the Google site, which is the the UAC Universal App Campaigns, which is now App Campaigns, but. Uh, you don't have that um, option anymore, and you only think how can you target the the players is by the creative, basically. So you won't avoid running or acquiring 
players from match free to your um, RPG game. It just based on the level of um, data you are sending back to to Facebook or Google, that's the the main ROI metric. So basically, it's not about the the match free or any other type of um, genre. Players. It's about genre. It's now about more about what kind of events you are tracking and what kind of events you are sending back to the to the channel. So even if you are getting match-free players into your RPG, it doesn't mean that they won't play and pay until they are firing events. So even these match-free players can be very valuable if they are paying. If they are not paying, then you won't send any any events back to the to the channels and then you won't get those players because that's how the optimization works. All right. Yeah. Let me ask one question to kind of uh, maybe take us home. Should DSPs always be part of your UA mix? A DSP? Yeah. Well, a DSPs, uh, I don't like to work with DSPs and uh, I usually I usually include them after the the regular UA channels like Facebook, Google, ad networks uh, afterwards. Why? It's just my personal preference. So other other people can say very different answer, mm. answer very differently. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is also one of my other favorites. Uh, game will work even without the UA. <laughs> uh, yeah, it will work if you can get uh, the level of organics as hill climb racing or subway surfers, uh, which uh, is 10 years ago, 15 years ago, maybe. Now it's very hard to get uh, the organics. And even if you get the organics, it's not sustainable. You don't have the control over the organics. Anymore. Let's make this clear. So, it's impossible. Period. Okay. Won the lottery. Like they did so yeah. well. Like, yeah, congratulations to them. Like that's the original Cinderella story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very true. OG Cinderella. <laughs> OG. Yeah. <laughs> OG Cinderella. And with that in mind, I think we can uh, we can stop here uh, to let our listeners to process all the information because I think it was like a lot of KPIs, numbers, and, and what that, whatever else. Zero bullshit, though. So uh, there you go. Yep. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much, guys. And uh, see you next time. Bye-bye. 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 Uh, DSPs should always be part of your UA mix. Or as I'm asking, should they always be part of your UA mix? Sorry, I just uh, I just received a new a new podcast member again. So, <laughs> well, what piece? I was just wanted to ask, like uh, the last one, uh, just.